doesn't really think that President Obama went up and tapped his phone personally. I think, but but I think there's a there's no question that the Obama administration that there were actions about surveillance and other activities that occurred in the 2016 election. You know you work for a fascist, right? You work for a fascist. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about destroying our country, Sean? Today there is duplication and redundancy everywhere. Billions and billions of dollars are being wasted on activities that are not delivering results. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. The Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. Oh yeah, new week. It's Monday, March 13th, 2017. And happy to have you a part of the podcast, a new week. And uh, we are already... Uh, on a new podcast, time really <laughs> flies by. It's almost spring, but uh, a big snowstorm expected in the Northeast. So uh, for all those in the Northeast and uh, my friends there in New York, stay inside uh, and stay safe tomorrow as the snow comes in overnight. Um, a lot of news to get to on the first day of this week. Uh, we are going to start with healthcare because that's going to be the number one story for a while until this repeal and replace becomes a law, and then we'll have more to talk about, and then uh, later on in the week, we'll get into the new uh, travel suspension uh, that will go into effect on Thursday. Wednesday, it's supposed to be um, uh, in court, so uh, there's already obviously been a number of lawsuits. Uh, A bunch of liberal uh, cities have filed suit, Uh, so that'll be later on this week as that develops, but the health bill. uh, The big news today is that the uh, American Health Care Act has been scored by the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, and while they say that it will um, cut $337 billion off of the federal budget deficit, so that's fantastic because obviously we're at almost a $20 trillion in debt, but it would add $24 million uh, uninsured. Uh, Obamacare helped 20 million Americans get on, uh, get some insurance or, you know, some type of insurance. Now, just because they got insurance doesn't mean it was good insurance and uh, obviously hurt the masses. And when you look at Obamacare, and we've been talking about this, you have a rise in premiums. One in three counties have um, only one insurance in the market. 31 states have a double-digit rise in premiums as a result of the Affordable Health Care Act, Obamacare. Um, so the repeal or replace obviously is necessary. I have been critical. Since last Monday when this was announced, I have been critical of this plan for several reasons, including the fact that it's just not conservative enough. And we had Dr. Robert Grayboys on the program, a senior research fellow uh, uh, from George Mason University in the Mercatus Center there. He joined the podcast last Thursday. He was on the show uh, yesterday, which is archived, by the way, on neilacurso.com. He was very adamant that there uh, not only uh, does there need to be uh, a better bill put in place, and now this is a three-prong approach, and I'm going to go over it again in case you didn't see the show yesterday because 
we went over this in detail on the show, so you could, you know, check out my Caruso's Comments monologue there on the archive, But and we'll get into it. Um, but he also said that the competition would be increased greatly if there was more of a balance uh, in terms of the allowing people to see doctors, not just across state lines, but really uh, telecommunications. And he told a story about his uh, 94-year-old mother that actually lived in another year and a half, and she was diagnosed through Skype. It's unbelievable, really. Um, so let me just go over this bill again. Um, you know, I've read it. It's uh, 130 pages. The first part of the—so they're doing it in three phases. Again, the communication there, the rollout not smooth. Um, and we're going to talk about him, uh, President Trump, uh, cutting the bureaucracy because he signed an uh, executive order today. And the bureaucracy plays a lot. You know, Trump's a businessman. He's used to getting things done without all of this nonsense bureaucracy in Washington. Now, the three-pronged approach to repeal and replace Obamacare includes, number one, repealing and replacing it, Congress enacting the American Health Care Act, uh, which has, you know, been criticized by a lot of conservative Republicans like myself, um, and uh, enacting this to replace or really repeal Obamacare. But it doesn't repeal it in its entirety. While it gets rid of the mandate, it keeps pre-existing conditions um, and a couple of other uh, elements to it. If you're going to lower prices, you have to get rid of this damn plan. you got to get rid of the entire thing because it's not sustainable especially with the debt that we have now. Um, instituting health savings accounts a big part of the Trump agenda. That is conservative. That I'm all in favor of. Um, then the second phase would be to provide essential regulatory relief, and that's going to come probably uh, the next week or so. Um, and that includes purchasing across state lines, which, okay, would, would help certainly. But, you know, as I'm learning, that that may not be the end-all, be-all in terms of lowering prices, um, improving choices for patients, and putting downward pressure on prices by curbing abuses of the enrollment process and encouraging full-year enrollment. That'll certainly help and cut out uh, regulatory um, stat uh, statutes that have been put in place by Obamacare. Uh, and then the third phase there is to reform health care through additional legislation so uh, there'll be that'll be the third phase which would return a lot of power to the states although it doesn't include block grants something I brought up on the show yesterday and something that I would be in favor of would be to institute uh, block grants uh, to give states more power um, and in dealing with their own personal insurance markets governing their own health insurance markets um, setting priorities and enacting creative solutions for serving their most vulnerable citizens in the Medicaid program. And, you know, the Medicaid expansion under the American Health Care Act would be pretty much gone in 2020. Um, but, you know, Medicaid needs to be reformed because that is one of the top budget items on the, um, and our almost $20 trillion deficit. And unless that's reformed, you are going to have a situation where it will, uh, it is insolvent and will not be able to pay um, those on Medicaid uh, in about two decades, maybe a little less. So there are major issues that Obamacare created that needs to be reformed. Obviously, um, I've been critical of this plan, like I said, um, and what I'd like to see—now, 
this is just one bill. It's a reconciliation measure. But, you know, in doing some further research for yesterday's show and reading more, it seems like not only do they have to put in the reconciliation measure because Obamacare was rammed down the throats of Republicans and did, you know, it was a budget measure, which means it can't be filibustered, and that's now what Republicans are doing to undo it. But these three phases, I think they need to be tweaked, they need to be negotiated, and they need to include uh, more provisions in there to get rid of, first of all, I would get rid of pre-existing conditions. And you got to get rid of Obamacare in its entirety. You have to do a full repeal. Now, the key is how do you repeal it and then replace it on the same time? But, you know, the thing that I always go back to, the Republicans had seven years. Seven years they've been critical of Obamacare since it was enacted. They've had seven years, Paul Ryan and company, to repeal this and to replace it. And they had a bill, I mean, they had a consensus bill on Obama's desk, and obviously that was vetoed. Um, but, you know, why wouldn't you have a consensus bill by now that would include the Freedom Caucus, that would include Republicans like Jim Jordan and um, others that have been highly critical, uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, get together and have a consensus Republican plan that would be rolled out better? Um, and he gives the Democrats uh, ammunition, for sure. Now, don't be too, um, you know, caught by the CBO report that says um, that 24 uh, million uninsured, uh, that there would be 24 million more uninsured uh, as a result of this uh, American Health Care Act, because the CBO got it wrong when Obamacare was put in. I'm going to tell you the stats on that. Um, the White House... Uh, had commented on this saying we disagree strenuously with the report that was put out. Uh, the CBO misfired in March 2010. The CBO projected that 21 million Americans would be enrolled on the Obamacare exchanges by 2016, but by 2016, the exchange enrollment was 12.7 million. Uh, so a major misfire there. And, you know, it goes to show you that uh, the CBO could be wrong. Now, the reason for this was Obamacare was not communicated with the public well. In fact, Nancy Pelosi famously said, well, we have to pass the bill first so you can find out what's in it. That was in March 2010. Well, you know, all of a sudden there's a new standard, a new day, a new standard for Democrats. And they even Nancy Pelosi issues this statement today. Uh, the American people and members have a right to know the full impact of this legislation before any vote in committee or by the whole House, Nancy Pelosi. But March 2010, well, we got to pass the bill first. You can't read it until we pass the legislation. That's not how it works. So at least it's being negotiated. Uh, I have full confidence in President Trump and the fact that he is a top negotiator. Um, I think he had some members over the White House. They had like some bowling events uh, at the White House the other day, and really, he negotiates from power there, um, and he is going to, I mean, listen, he wrote the art of the deal, and what does he always say? Um, he says, you start with something, and it's always negotiated, and that he uh, will make a deal, and maybe, and, you know, he has endorsed his plan, but it's not complete yet, he knows that, and maybe he wants to build some Democrat consensus, so wouldn't it be nice if the country came together? 
It doesn't have to be ideological. Uh, the only thing that it, it can't be is socialist. Obviously, that's what a lot of Democrats want or is single payer. But as we discussed, what would single payer do? Like it does in Canada, except we have 317 million Americans living in this country, um, the single payer system would force uh, longer wait times, would would also cause uh, some massive uh, insurance issues that, frankly, we're seeing already uh, with this um, semi-socialist plan in Obamacare. Uh, socialism does not work in the United States. Um, we will continue to discuss this health care plan as it becomes rolled out, negotiated, and all that, and we'll see the phases that come into play. But I definitely suggest you listen to uh, last Thursday's podcast and uh, the interview with Dr. Robert Grayboys on that podcast and also on the Neil A. Cruz's show yesterday. Um, all right, well, President Trump also today in getting in getting rid of they're attempting, moving towards getting rid of government waste, fraud, and abuse. I mean, we've seen the nonsense surveys of, you know, what, do men like playing with dolls or boys like playing with dolls or no? Like, seriously, that was a, that was an actual government survey. I am not making that up. Um, and they have a bunch of other uh, nonsense surveys like that that, frankly, is common sense, but... They waste our taxpayer dollars on it, and you could look it up. There are senators, um, I believe uh, Adam Schiff actually uh, put together a uh, report, uh, and there are you know Republicans who put out reports of all the nonsense surveys that we waste billions of dollars on. So President Trump today signed an executive order to um, have a top-to-bottom audit of every executive branch department and agency to save money and improve services. Um, this is President Trump today at the White House when he signed the executive order. Executive order is another major step toward making the federal government efficient, effective, and accountable to the people. Today, we're beginning the process of a long overdue reorganization of our federal departments and agencies. Today, there is duplication and redundancy everywhere. Billions and billions of dollars are being wasted on activities that are not delivering results for hardworking American taxpayers and not even coming close. This order requires a thorough examination of every executive department and agency to see where money is being wasted, how services can be improved, and whether programs are truly serving American citizens. Based on this input, we will develop a detailed plan to make the federal government work better, reorganizing, consolidating, and eliminating where necessary. In other words, making the federal government more efficient and very, very cost productive. So, thank you very much. So, the president uh, today at uh, the White House signing this executive order, duplication and redundancy everywhere, uh, which is very true. So we have we are moving towards a leaner government. Now, the big thing with this, because you heard the president there, but the big thing to note here is the bureaucracy that is stalling and, frankly, stonewalling the president. Um, it is imperative that... Um, that President Trump cuts out the nonsense bureaucracy because 
what this bureaucracy is basically creating is a way to push back against the, against the president, a way to push the establishment to push back against the outsider candidate in Mr. Trump. Um, and preliminary reports are showing a 25% cut to the EPA with an elimination of 3,000 jobs and the end of a $300 million annual program to clean up the Great Lakes. Why does the government waste all this money? Why are they using it towards these things? I can't tell you, but here's the deal. The government's too big, and as we know, as we're learning about the CIA, they can do pretty much anything. And so we need to ensure that the government's working for us and not for um, not for themselves because we're seeing a large bureaucracy here that is just stalling Trump and they want Trump to fail, and we'll get more on that uh, later, because believe it or not, there is just every day more obstruction and and uh, preventing an agenda, an America-first agenda, from being passed, and uh, bureaucracy just slows things down. And if we're going to run the country like a business, let's make it lean. Um, now, over the weekend, there was this major controversy. Oh, my God, the ceiling was falling, because guess what? Senator, I'm going to tell you this. Well, then, uh, now former senator, I should say, uh, now Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Let me tell you a little secret. He did his job. <laughs> he came in and he said, um, uh, "Let me get your all the attorneys' letters of resignations." Um, the media flipped out over this. They were apoplectic over this. It was unbelievable. I saw the alerts and I was like, "So what?" Because I know, because I've studied law um, to a minor extent, not um, not a lawyer by any means, but I know that for 241 years of our nation, the tradition of our country is that when a new presidential administration comes in, you have, uh, as tradition, attorneys, U.S. attorneys, and other uh, federally appointed positions that are not for life, like judges are, you know, serve for life, but uh, U.S. attorneys uh, have to, or don't have to, but this is according to tradition, what they always do when a new administration comes in, they uh, hand in their letter of resignation, and then it is up to the president and the Department of Justice to either accept or say, no, we would like you to stay on. It's just customary. It's tradition. And what happens? They flip out. Oh, my God. Sessions fired all these U.S. attorneys. That was the narrative. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. And it was merely tradition. He asked for letters of resignation. He waited this long. Frankly, you should have done it on day one because these are all Obama appointees who are obstructing and are against President Trump. Most of them, probably all of them. Um, and then, you know, the hysteria, well, you look at, all right, what was the past? Well, I see right here in front of me that Bill Clinton and his attorney general, Janet Reno, fired all 93 U.S. attorneys on the same day after his election. This was in 1993. Okay, so where was the outrage then when Bill Clinton said, I want you to hand in your letter of resignation? It's my Bill Clinton impression. I did not have sex with that woman. Um, anyway, uh, moving on from uh, from Bill and Slick Willie, who kind of always seems to entertain us 
Uh, although, I tell you, he's got to be sick because you just hear him. He sounds so bad. He just does. Um, and I'm not laughing at sickness, but, you know, uh, he keeps opening his mouth. And then we find out more, you know, just the hypocrisy. Okay, it's a major double standard. We'll have more of that later because, uh, frankly, these Democrats are obstructing and there's more hypocrisy and wanting Trump to fail. Uh, but before the break, uh, let me also get to this. Russia uh, confirms that their uh, envoy met with, yes, Trump staffers while, you know, they were preparing to do their jobs. We know about Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who was fired for lying to President Trump, not fired for um, for anything that he did wrong because he's preparing uh, to do his job. But what we find out now is, well, Russia's um, envoy also had bilateral relations, quote-unquote, with the Hillary Clinton campaign. This just, you know, it, it just is, uh, it gets sweeter every day because you just find out more and more hypocrisy. <laughs> Uh, so the spokesman for Russian President Vladimir Putin says, well, this is his job, meaning uh, Ambassador Sergei Kislak, um, who has met with ambassador, or met with uh, our ambassador, has met with, which is his job, and has met with our senators, also set up by President Barack Obama the first time the sessions met him when he was a senator, and that was that, we discussed that last week, that was a part of a conference. This is his job. He was talking about bilateral relations uh, he was talking about what is going on in the United States, so we have a better understanding of Moscow. Uh, this is the uh, Putin uh, spokesman. This is what is being performed by every ambassador of Russia abroad and every ambassador of the United States abroad, including Moscow. Yeah, it's just normal. But the question that I have, you know, if we're going to get so enraged about uh, President Trump and alleged Russia ties, which have no basis at all, because frankly, if we knew anything, Trump would be impeached by now because that's what the Democrats want. Um... Who is he talking to in the Hillary Clinton campaign? We're going to get so outraged about uh, President Trump. Well, I demand an investigation into Hillary Clinton. Another one, by the way. Um, and who did he speak with? Because, you know, President Trump had was a was president-elect at that point and had someone that was setting, was getting ready to be the national security advisor and doing his job and, by the way, caught on a wiretap. Uh, some sort of communication or surveillance by the FBI. And um, they asked Kislock's meeting, uh, the Putin's um, spokesman said that uh, the Russian ambassador met uh, with people in think tanks advising Hillary or advising people working for Hillary. She always has these people lined up to protect her. I just don't know. I mean, especially when Hillary... Talks to the Moroccan king. You know what goes on in Morocco? Yeah, no women rights, you know, that whole thing. Um, you know, you can't be gay and, and things like that. And in these places, Saudi Arabia is just taking money from and had meetings with them as, at the State Department. Big Clinton Foundation donors. Well, you know, if she's going to be meeting now with the Russian ambassador, we find out. What were the meetings about? Because she obviously wanted to meet with the Moroccan president at a, or king rather, Moroccan king, uh, an authoritarian figure, uh, because he was a donator to the Clinton Foundation. So, you know, is there any there there is what I want to know. Um, you know, President Trump actually had his first cabinet meeting today, but um, that was um, not really complete, obviously, because... Well, President Trump uh, doesn't have his full cabinet. And the Democrats 
obstruct. They continue to obstruct. And they want Trump to fail. They want the country to fail. We have more documentation of this and more documentation of the political correctness that people can't even be proud of our country anymore. Yeah, we're going to talk about Iowa students not being allowed, having being forced to apologize for wearing American attire. And someone, by the way, harassing Sean Spicer at an Apple store. We're going to play the audio of that coming up. That's all on the Neil A. Curse Show podcast. This Monday edition of the podcast rolls along. We are never going to let you down. And neither will Neil A. Caruso. With you every day on the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast and Sundays at noon Eastern on the Neil A. Caruso Show on neilacaruso.com. He's the real deal. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Are not. M2. Are not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Straightforward talk that drives the political establishment crazy. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor. Period. What, like with a cloth or something? I don't know how it works digitally at all. <laughs> Neil A. Caruso is on the air and telling it the way it is as you deserve. It's the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. All right, well, I told you about the shadow government and gave you the timeline on the broadcast yesterday. Um, Let me just go over it again because I think it is imperative that you understand that, you know, when President Trump was asked a question by a reporter at the press briefing today um, about whether Trump still believes in the wiretapping, and I played that in the intro, in the intro clip, and, you know, Sean Spicer said, yeah, we're, we asked for a congressional investigation. Um, there's nothing new there. Um, and what's the story? He's walking it back. He's not walking anything back, okay? And it was very clear Trump didn't say that Obama personally— I mean, seriously, does anyone think, and I guess it's possible, but does anyone think that Obama actually went to the FBI headquarters and wiretapped Trump's phone personally? He's not that dumb. Okay, he obviously had someone do it for him, and he ordered it. And we have the evidence of the Pfizer request here. Okay, I mean, what? This is so stupid. The questions that they asked at these press briefings, I think that they should stop airing the press briefings live. Because these press briefings initially were intended, historically, to just fill the press in on daily schedule, what's going on, and so that they could come up with stories. Because, frankly... They don't want to do any work. They're lazy, and they want to know, well, you know, let's ask some questions, and we'll make a story based on what he says. But if they broadcast it live, it becomes a news event, 
And, you know, it's just, it's our media cycle. It's annoying, okay? Because all Spicer said was, uh, obviously Obama didn't hack, uh, didn't wiretap Trump uh, himself. Because, he, first of all, this probably doesn't know how to do it himself. He ordered a Pfizer request, and we have the documentation. And then the story is, Trump walks back wiretapping. I saw this alert today, and it's caught off guard because I didn't see the story. I didn't see the press briefing live, as I, uh, a lot of times, most of the time, do watch it live. And I saw the alert, and I was like, what? And I was like, I don't, is this true? Walking it back, really? Because I have the documentation right in front of me right now that shows that, uh, yeah, uh, there's a shadow government, and uh, a so-called shadow government, I should say, and with their... Uh, the obstruction is very deep. And it's not, he never walked it back. It's unbelievable, the narrative that they create. Obama filed for a FISA request, a foreign intelligence surveillance court. It's a specialized court, very covert court. In June 2016, he filed for this FISA request to monitor communications between President Trump or then uh, candidate Trump and his advisors in investigating whether or not he had contacts with Russia, yada, yada, yada. That was denied because it was too broad, and it would be—what would it be? It would be spying on a political adversary, someone who he despises, Obama. In October, a FISA request was granted to focus on a computer server in Trump Tower. There's a more focused FISA request, and usually FISA requests, most of them, about 90% of them or more, really, uh, are just filing, just checking off the box. Yes, yeah, sure, you're approved. Uh, and they— Got a Pfizer request granted a focus on the computer server in Trump Tower. Wiretaps do exist. No evidence, of course, found. Because if they did, Trump would be freaking locked up. We know that. Unlike Hillary, he's given a lot of excuses, but I digress. Um, Circuit News reports, FBI used, quote, traditional investigative techniques to review a computer server associated with the Trump organizations. Ergo, the FBI had the ability to wiretap and other surveillance techniques, traditional investigative techniques, this is quoting a FBI source, um, in order uh, to gain access to the Trump team communications. And this is where the Kislaw conversation with um, with the Russian uh, Russian ambassador Kislaw and uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn was caught. Um, and they also monitored the Russian ambassador um, as it is. So, you know, it, it, we know that the FBI had the ability to, um, had, had access to Trump Tower. Um, so there's the evidence, and I'm, you know, uh, there, it is very alarming that they would go after a political adversary and that, you know, we're finding out the CIA, and I could go through the entire timeline. I, I have to post this on my website. Um, all the intelligence leaks that are mounting, Obama expanding the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with all the government's agencies. And we find out that the CIA, through WikiLeaks, to find out that they were spying on regular Americans, which should have ended in 2013 with the NSA Edward Snowden scandal. And Edward Snowden says these documents look pretty authentic. So how far does this go? What are they using? Are they actually watching us through our phones? Are they actually watching us through our smart TVs? Imagine. Are they abusing this? 
And are they spying on political adversaries? This is politics to an extreme because they despise Trump because he's an outsider and he threatens the establishment, the crony, corrupt swamp that needs to be drained. Um, Iowa students apologize, are being asked to apologize for wearing red, white, and blue to a basketball game. Students at Iowa High School have apologized to a neighboring school for wearing red, white, and blue to a recent basketball game. The Valley High School students' USA-themed attire was seen as offensive because some of the rival school's players were from refugee families. Oh, give me a break. Quote, this is from the Valley High School coach Morgan Wheat. Quote, any normal person, any educated person, can look at that and think, what the hell are these kids thinking? The students obviously said that their attire was worn at previous games. It was not meant to make a statement toward the rival side. This coach is an idiot. Okay, any normal person. Oh, so apparently I'm not normal because I think that it is, uh, it is a necessary component of our democracy to support our country. I think you should grow up and let students be able to express themselves freely. Now, if they had a F Trump shirt, I would expect them to get thrown out because that is inappropriate. But to wear an American flag shirt, I mean, you know, if I was told this, I would be wearing red, white, and blue for the next week straight in that high school, okay? And everyone else could go to hell. That's how I feel about this. That's disgusting. These student leaders now are being forced to be to bow down to political correctness, and and they have to issue a apology statement. Unbelievable. Okay, you want to hear what the statement is? All right, I'll let you hear what the statement is. They say, quote, It has been brought to our attention that the decision by the Valley High School student section to wear USA apparel at our game last night was offensive to members of your community and fan base. We are deeply sorry if we have offended anyone in any way. We have traditionally dressed in such a fashion for great games such as the one last night. Everyone here at Valley has immense respect not only for your team and players, but for your community as a whole. Please know that our intent was in no way to offend or demean, just to support our own team in a way that we have done before. I think this other high school team needs to get a grip. And they need to start supporting the country because they're setting a bad example for their students. Okay? And who gives a crap if they're refugees? Okay? That we Trump never said he's anti-refugee. What he's saying is ISIS, and this is straight from the FBI. Oh, by the way, Democrats love Comey. You know, this is straight from Jim Comey's mouth. And DNI James Clapper. And CIA director, former CIA director, all former except for Comey, former CIA director. Um Brennan, and they all said ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population. And guess what? They have. We went over stories last week that they came in as refugees. I went over it yesterday and Friday of a Iraqi insurgent who came into our country as a refugee. An Iraqi insurgent. Okay. So the reason for a suspension of the refugee program is not to alienate those who are suffering from war. That's the purpose of safe zones is to make sure that we deal with the humanitarian crisis because we sure as hell cannot rely on the United Nations who have just begun to monitor the situation in Aleppo. I mean, really? Monitor? This is disgusting, okay? 
I encourage everyone to support their country. Wear an American flag pin, okay? Put a flag out in front of your yard. And, you know, I hear stories and, uh, frankly, see it secondhand of people's flags being taken down in local neighborhoods. I mean, what kind of bullcrap is that? You're entitled to be proud, proud of your country. And I put an American flag up and to salute the flag because we salute one flag and we live under one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And if you don't like that, well, then move. Um, Sean Spicer, ambushed by a woman in the Apple store. Absolutely harassed, being called a fascist. Listen to this liberal nut. feel to work for a fascist. How does it feel? You have a great country. How do you, you have you have you helped with the Russia stuff? Are you a criminal as well? Have you committed treason too? Just like the president? Thank you. Have you committed treason too? What do you, what can you tell me about Russia? It's such a great country to live in. Yeah. What what can you tell me about Russia, Mr. Secretary? Thank you. Very what can much. you tell me? You know you work for a fascist, right? You work for a fascist. Oh, yeah. How do you feel oh, about that? Beach, right? How do you feel about destroying our country, Sean? How do you feel about that? Do you feel good about the decisions you're making? You about lying to the American people? Do you feel good about lying to the American people? Do you feel Do you feel good? You feel good about yourself? This is um a person uh Shrey uh Ch I don't even care if I pronounce her last name right. Uh Chahan, whatever. She posted this on Twitter. Um, uh, she periscoped this, and because she saw uh, Sean Spicer at an Apple store, I guess getting a new phone or a watch or whatever, and she took it upon herself to harass the press secretary. Um, and listen, okay, does she know what fascism is? Because fascism would be Obama having a third term. That would be Obama, um, which I was concerned about in the summer, was him instituting martial law. And saying, I'm going to just take control of the country. That would be fascism, okay? President Trump, by returning power to the American people, returning power to the states, letting people decide, letting people control their health care, their own personal needs, by building up our military to protect Americans, by bringing back uh, over 18 uh, or 1 million, uh, 1.8 million jobs, um, for Americans and, um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, by doing that, he's a fascist. I mean, this, the irony here is just dripping with irony. I could just have so much fun with this. Um, but, you know, they claim that they're just, again, I always say this, they claim that they're tolerant. And then this person, I'm sure she says that I'm the most tolerant and uh, openly accepting person and she's harassing the press secretary. I mean, you know, open, inclusive, um, understanding. Listen, if you go run into this press secretary at an Apple store, I encourage you to talk to him. I encourage you to ask questions. But how about you actually engage in the civil questioning, uh, engage in civil debate with the press secretary? Because I think he deserves that respect. I think, frankly, all people do. Um, I don't yell at people and call them fascist why can she do that because she's a liberal she can do that 
because, you know, she's tolerant. Not. Um, you know, I mean, why don't you actually be respectful? And good on Sean Spicer the way he handled that because, you know, listen, I, I may not have handled that the same way. Um, moving on, Donna Brazil, remember her? Well, you know, she was the one that worked for CNN that gave the debate questions to Hillary Clinton while she was working for the DNC, the former interim chair of the DNC, all revealed during the summer of WikiLeaks that they rigged the primary for Hillary against Bernie. Well, yeah, Donna Brazil is in the news again because she tweeted this. Number 43, meaning George W. Bush, twisted with Katrina. Number 44, Obama, soaked in Sandy, will hashtag Donald dump Stella, can, will Donald dump Stella, I guess, whatever, um, can 40, Stella is, by the way, the name of the uh, winter storm that is coming our way in the Northeast, uh, that is going to dump about two feet of snow. Uh, and she asks, down in Brazil, can 40 million people find Stella sobering under hashtag 45 Trump leadership? So here, I'm just going to read it for you again. Remember, the snowstorm's name is Stella. Number 43, twisted with Katrina. Number 44, soaked in Sandy. Will Donald dump Stella? Can 40 million people find Stella sobering under 45 leadership? Oh, you're so clever. And it sounds like she's clearly cheering Trump to fail for her own political gain. It's disgusting. And, you know, I went over some details yesterday. We talked about the Attorney General uh, Sessions fire. Well, not firing, but... Um, eventually he had to basically tell, and Trump had to basically tell Parit Bahara, get lost, um, because it's a new administration, new sheriffs in town, let's put our own people in, let's put, you know, the Trump administration people in, and it's only fair, you've had eight years, and the country has had more debt, uh, than ever before, and more than 43 presidents, uh, before him combined, that being Obama, uh, and we have 43 million people living in poverty and the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s and 13 million Americans on food stamps. But we want the country to get worse, according to Donald Brazil. Okay, I mean, give me a break. And, you know, okay, Bush didn't handle Katrina well. Got it, okay? But really his fault? The the storm is Mother Nature, okay? We're going to get a snowstorm tomorrow. Big deal, okay? Take out your plow and and blow it away. Okay, and if you're, listen, if you're older and not healthy enough, hire someone to do it. Have a kid do it. Okay, someone with a, uh, a strong heart. Um, but, like, just disgusting. I mean, that's truly deplorable. Okay? Wanting the country to fail for your own political gain. And it just, it continues to go on. It just continues to melt. Um, that'll do it for the podcast today. Uh, we'll continue uh, on everything and watch everything that's going on at the White House. Um, we'll probably have more on healthcare as the week develops. Uh, the new executive order I mentioned at the top uh, is going to be instituted Thursday, and we'll see what happens in terms of uh, any court cases, and hopefully it doesn't get tied up in the court. I mean, there's no reason for it to. It's supposed to protect Americans, and they're just continuing to obstruct, and they really... Trump had no honeymoon. He's given no chance, and we're through 50 days, and he's gotten more done than any other president. Have you... Do you remember in history ever a president getting as much done as President Trump has, being so successful 
as he has and lowering the bureaucracy and giving us the power of our own country as intended. You remember a time that a president worked his ass off as much as Trump has? I mean, seriously. The guy wants to work. We're blessed to have him. Uh, We'll talk to you in the podcast tomorrow on Tuesday. Till then, God bless you and God bless America. The Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast is a production of Crusoe Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Crusoe on social media. And log on to neilacrusoe.com to sign up for Crusoe's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.